Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to a special edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I have so many amazing people that I want to bring to you that I had to actually do two shows today um, because this dear, amazing, wonderful returning guest um, was in town and I wanted to catch her to get her in studio because she is wonderful and you will see when I bring her on. First, well, I already used my quotes of the day. You guys know my quotes of the day from the universe and Abraham. I already used them on the last show just earlier with Harriet. Um, so I got my blog post for you, which um, a lot of people have really been giving me a lot of positive feedback about my little blog posts that I include in the newsletter uh, twice a week. So I'm just going to read that off for you and see what you think of it. So sometimes we feel a pull in one direction or another. A certain project comes to mind and we feel drawn towards it. We have a vision of the future that is so compelling that we can't stop thinking about it. These are all signs that the future is calling to us. It is calling to us to fulfill a destiny. It is calling to us to walk a certain path. It calls to our soul to be who we are becoming. When the future reaches back into the past, it is sending a signal. It is providing a lighted path for us to follow. It already knows where we will, we will end up and is guiding us there. This is not about fate, but about possibilities. Deep in our core, we know this is where we are to go. Our spirit is whispering to us to awaken to bring our joy forward into the present, to make our lives an example of how to listen to our souls. That does not mean everything will go smoothly or that there won't be great challenges along the way. Yet, when we are on the path of our spirit's calling, there is a grace about it. There is a light that surrounds it. There is a peacefulness inside of us as we tread it. Not everyone will answer this call from the future. Not everyone will fulfill their vision. Yet the more of us who at least walk the path, regardless of where it leads, the more it, comes, it becomes a greater reality. It becomes a reality for the greater whole. And our example will serve as a light for others who feel drawn to their own unique vision. What a world we would be in if we all just answered that call. And so th this blog post was inspired by something a, a, a friend of mine said, um, G.P. Walsh, who's a wonderful teacher in his own right, that, you know, how when we feel drawn towards something, it's actually our future, our future selves calling to us. And that just kind of struck a deep chord with me, and I think my guest today is a wonderful example of that. Now, again, just because this, the future calls to us does not mean it always goes the way we expect and that it leads the way we think, but it is my pleasure now to welcome to the show Valerie Shepard, who is a number one best-selling author a catastrophic stroke survivor, inspirational keynote speaker, university lecturer, and a certified laughter yoga instructor. <laughs> ah, yes, we're going to have some fun today. Her passion is life mastery, which she teaches featuring her four-step 
Happy to Be Me process. It's the centerpiece of her partnership with the University of California in Irvine for a much-loved and successful class called Living 101, Being Happy and Whole, and her new bestseller, Living Happy to Be Me. And I'm holding it up for the people on our Facebook Live so you can see a copy of it. Nice big, ooh, it's a kind of heavy book. Um, Valerie was the 2015 winner of the Evolutionary Business Council's Unstoppable Award, the Rock the Life 2013 Award, Enrich, Enrich, Life Enrichment Award, and what Yay. award? And what's the most recent award? Show it off your medal. Here's my beautiful gold medal that I just picked up the other day. Um, Picked up on Tuesday night, which is a gold medal in the self-help category of the 2018 Independent Publisher International Book Awards. Woohoo, woohoo. So she is no slouch. And as you know, she's a fellow member of the Evolutionary Business Council, which is how we met. And I'm very, very pleased to welcome you to the show. Congratulations on your new medal. Thank you, Sam. This is so exciting, like, to actually be here. Like, I've seen you. We've run into each other and hung out at EBC events. But to actually be in the place where it all happens is really awesome. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm so glad you're here because... Not next, not well. Next show will be my next. My show next week will be the last show in this space because okay. we're moving to a new location, not very far away. But we're going to have a whole new setup, and it's going to be in a different environment. So you get to help um, uh, uh, ring out the old because we've been in this space eight years now. Oh wow! Yeah, it's time. Change is beautiful. Yes, it absolutely is. It absolutely is, and. You are a living example of that, are you not? I mean, you've had some pretty serious changes in your life over the years. Yes, yes. The latest one being the stroke. Yeah. Um, and that was it coming up on the third anniversary on June 5th. So next week, oh, it'll be wow. three years after the brain hemorrhage. Oh, wow. And uh, boy, am I grateful to be here. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. So let's just give our audience who, who don't know you a little bit of background you know, what were you doing and like, where were things leading up until that happened? So that happened on a day when I was leading a a full day leadership workshop for a group of uh, staff and administrators at the University of California, Irvine. And it was around 2.30 in the afternoon. We had just finished a breakout session, debrief. And I was in the middle of the room because I walk and talk when I'm facilitating workshops. And I was backing up and my right foot wouldn't move. And um, I didn't know that I was having a stroke from a blood vessel bursting in my head. Um, But I knew something was wrong. My body felt like I didn't know what. And so uh, we called 911, and um, three days later, I woke up in the (laughs) intensive care of a local hospital and couldn't move my right side, couldn't speak, and it's just been an beautiful journey of a, of kind of things unfolding and unveiling right. themselves ever since. Wow. Who is the author who wrote uh, A Stroke of Insight? Jill Bolte-Taylor. Jill Bolte-Taylor. So she described like her experience being a brain researcher and having a stroke. Uh, was that anything you could relate to or was your experience very different from hers? Well, I definitely did not have the... Uh, the benefit of years and years of study as a neuroscientist. Right. <laughs> so for me, it was just my foot wouldn't move. Mm. I didn't understand why. Mm. Um, I felt woozy. I wasn't having classic symptoms. I don't. Oh. I couldn't feel. My face wasn't drooping. There wasn't oh. the classic symptom. I just knew something wasn't working. And then the nausea, as the blood pooled in my brain, there's this intense nausea. So that oh. was the first thing where it was kind of like, okay... Now I'm really getting sick. And they couldn't even move me. The, the ambulance got there and the paramedics were uh, saying, she's not stable. We can't move her until oh, we get this really? vomiting under control. Yeah. Oh. And so we dealt with that. Meanwhile, this vessel is pumping, you know, every heartbeat. It's Ooh. pumping blood into my brain. Yeah. So uh, when my mom got to the hospital, uh, the neurologist basically said, we are waiting for the bleeding to stop. If the bleeding doesn't stop, we're going to have to do a craniotomy because we've got to let the pressure off the brain. Uh, and um, it's just a waiting game. And, I, and he told her where the, what floor the chapel was on. 
Ooh, ooh. Mom, you must have been really scared. Actually, come over here for a second. <laughs> Valerie's mom is actually with her, and I just want to bring her over for a second. So I want you to lean into the microphone and say hi to the audience. Hello, audience. I'm so happy to be here. Thank so, you. So you must have been kind of scared when this happened to your daughter, weren't you? Actually, the worst words I've ever heard in my life were notify her other next of kin because she might not make it through the night. Oh. That was... Wow. Wow. That must have been something. So, Valerie, you said... Lucky you, for me, I didn't know all, any of that was that happening. happening. But you woke up three days later. You obviously must have been in a coma of some kind. Right. And, and, and once the, the doctors kind of talked to you and kind of gave you the picture of what had happened to you, what was kind of your first thought? Um, the first thought was uh, I... I had tried to talk, and I, what I was saying was coming out in gibberish. Ah. And so my first thought was, wow, I'm a speaker and a teacher and a healer, and I can't speak. Ah. And then the second thought was, well, if Stephen Hawking can do it, so can I. Oh, wow. Wow. So that quick, like even your, your, your next thought, that's amazing. That's amazing. Because yeah. you had basically built your life upon being a public speaker, facilitating groups, you know, working with uh, not just in academia, but in, in corporate, corporate world, right? Yes, yes. I, right. did, I did teachings and trainings and workshops for corporate universities, and I was a corporate vice president for a long time. And so it, what came into play at that moment, you know, your future self calling you at that yeah. moment was for me to get even deeper into embodying the stuff that I teach. Uh, so that and your previous guest said it beautifully we are not our circumstances or our right, bodies or our right. conditions or what's happened to us and when we are able to rise above like right. i call it transcending and including so mm. i'm not ignoring the fact that i had a stroke or pretending right. that it didn't happen right. i'm transcending it and bringing right. my spiritual self into a circumstance where my human self has a, a lot of stuff going on right right it sounds like you must have had a lot of things sort of preparing you to be able to face this situation in that way. What do you think really gave you the ability to to approach it and say, hey, I'm having this experience, but wow, you know, like I'm, I, I, I can face this. Because a lot of people would just like curl up and be like, oh, my God, and, and yes. be in terror. And I wouldn't say that every day has been rosy. Of course. Um, I would say that it's, it, it's not an intellectual process. Mm. So uh, when you get to the space of embodiment that I teach, where embodied action is, you don't even think about it. It's like mm. how you brush your teeth, how you put right. your pants on, how you drive your car. You don't stop and think, okay, put the key in, turn right. it to the right. You just do it. Yeah. And so when you're into the space of practicing something and wearing it as mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. walk in that energy. Mm -hmm. When you do that, there isn't a moment where you're going back and forth between, oh, I know how to do this. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. <laughs> no, you're just doing it. So I never had, to me, there never was a moment where I had to think about doing it at my higher consciousness. I just was doing it there. Oh. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Um, it's time for us to take our first break. Um, and so when we come back, um, let's talk a little bit more just kind of about the journey and what brought you to writing your book, Live, Living Happy to Be Me, because that does not necessarily sound like a book someone who just had a stroke would write. So we'll, we'll, let's talk about that journey. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, a special broadcast. Um, and if you have any questions yourself, please type them in the comment section of the video or call in on our 800 number, 877-480-4120. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 
Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo! Woo! What's that? (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Welcome back to a special edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity with my guest, Valerie Shepard. We have some comments on the Facebook Live. Sharon Saylor. Hi, Sharon. Says, two of my fave people. Congrats, Valerie, on your book success. Thank you. And my friend Eugenia is watching from Uganda. Oh, blessings, Eugenia. And Lynn Morell is uh, on the live with us. Dr. Lynn. Thank you. Yeah, hey, thank you all. Welcome. Okay, so... You, 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 how long were you in the hospital after having the stroke? A week. A week. A week okay. in intensive care and then three and a half weeks in, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, live-in uh, rehabilitation. rehabilitation, yes. And now, now, obviously, when you have a stroke, it, it's a neurological, so it affects the body, it affects the mind. What aspect of it was most difficult for you to deal with? Uh, having my whole right side shut down. Oh, so I couldn't walk. I mean, I really couldn't move the right side of my body at all. And actually, when I went to the um, rehabilitation hospital, I thought I was paralyzed forever. Ah. So I went there thinking, okay, they're going to teach me how to live my life as a person who's right side, and I'm right side dominant. So oh, you are. You're righty, not right. lefty. Oh, geez. So my <laughs> whole right side doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And in fact, but then another joke came. So I thought this will be funny. So they're going to teach me how to use a wheelchair. And then I thought, well, if I'm only if I'm only wheeling the chair with my left hand, I'll just go around in circles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's going to be a really interesting thing for That's them to great. teach me how to do that. Um, right. But that was it. That was the hardest part. Once the speech came back and the speech came back without any therapy whatsoever. Oh, really? It dropped in all at once. Oh. One day it just went... the. Like the fourth day, I just went, boom, I started talking, and then I just started talking. Sometimes, to me, it sounds like I'm slurring my words. I still have all kinds of stuff going on, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, you're it. Uh, I mean, for somebody who's just three years recovering from it, uh, from an outside person, to me, you're doing amazingly, amazingly well. Um, Okay, so... Now, when did this wonderful book, Living Happy to Be Me, come about? It's a wonderful story, Sam. I mean, the book Mm -hmm. took me several years to write. And it started out as not a book. I never sat down and said I was writing a book. That wasn't what happened. And in fact, I convinced myself all the time that I didn't know how to write a book. Like, there's a Ah. way to write a book, and I don't have that training. (laughs) So any author out there, if that's you, stop it. (laughs) Exactly. So um, it started out as a free report. It was going to be 30 ways in 30 days to have more peace, love, joy, and freedom in your life. And when my girlfriend and I... Um, sat down over some tea and started writing the 30 ways, it all of a sudden became like 80 ways. And I was uh. thinking, okay, maybe this is not supposed to be a free anything. <laughs> it's supposed to be something bigger. And so I went internally and just asked. And, and how long ago was that that you sat down with your friend and did that? Seven years. Seven years. Okay. So you had your stroke like halfway between now and then. Right. No, no. Yeah. The stroke was three years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, amazingly 
I just started, okay, we're not going to have that as a free report. I did something else to be the free thing. And then Mm -hmm. I just started playing with what wants to come through in order Mm. for this work to be a complete work. And so I put my story in it. So I was was working with a a coach on how to get my unique story into Mm -hmm. words and out. And so Mm -hmm. that's in there. And then the rest of it was, it's really a distillation of a multi-year journey of awakening and raising my own consciousness. And so the four-step process that I created was me sitting down saying, okay, I've spent thousands of dollars going to all these different (laughs) coaches and workshops and retreats and this one and that one and reading this book and this book and this book and that book. There's a through line. There was something that I felt Mm. like they were all saying. And so I distilled it into the four-step process and then read some Uh, more and added some more, and that's where the book came from. But the book doesn't even mention the stroke at all. Oh, It has nothing to do with the stroke. Did did you finish the book before you had the stroke? Yes. The Uh. book was supposed to launch in August. The stroke was in June. Oh, my God. And so the book launch was X'd out Mm -hmm. and put on hold for a year. Ah, okay. So it was actually done before the stroke, and then there's the the publication of it went afterwards. Ooh, we got another comment on the Facebook Live. Doctor Lynn says, "Love, love, love your show. So happy to see you and Valerie talking about what's possible." <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Lynn. Love you. Um, okay. So you have the stroke. You know, lots of things you're, 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 you know, you have to take off from work, you get lots of plans, you have to put on hold for a period of time. When you started to say, okay, time to get back to life, let's rebuild, let's plan out what's going on. What was your focus initially? What was the thing that was like most important for you to get back to? Okay, so I want to talk about that get back to life thing first. Okay. Um, Because people ask me in different ways, and people said in many ways, you'll get your life back. Mm. Um, And I have always felt through this situation that that's not what I'm doing. Uh Um, My life never stopped. Yes. Um, My life is my life, and in fact... Uh, the first one of the first things I did after this, after, you know, getting walking and doing things again was I spoke at the Evolutionary Business Council global meeting hmm. eight months after the stroke. Uh. And I opened my talk saying eight months ago, my life expanded to include the experience of a catastrophic hemorrhagic stroke. Hmm. That's all. So wow. my life is just a collection of experiences And my responses or reactions to those experiences. Mm. So I've just been able to embrace as much as, you know, possible at any given moment. Some days it's more beautiful than others. (laughs) Uh, The dynamics that the stroke has offered me. Mm. Um, The dynamics, one of the most important ones for me, an NCAA Division I conference champion track and field (laughs) athlete, to see myself as more than my body. body. Uh, okay so our lives are happening for us and when we can connect the dots and go oh this is helping me deal with the fact that i didn't see myself that way oh this is showing me that i'm more than what i thought i was and so the stroke has given me an opportunity to really use my life as a demonstration of the principles that i teach mm. that you can rise above any circumstance and also for me personally just to see how the truth is really unfolding in my life at all times. So, so was that the greatest gift of the stroke for you, knowing like this, this really uh, strong experience that you are not your body? Actually, the greatest gift the stroke has given me is this opportunity to talk more about how the principles and practices ah. that I teach can unfold in hearts and minds and create a ripple effect of peace, love, joy, and freedom. Okay, great. So that's the best part. Awesome. And I never thought I would talk as much as as I am about the stroke. I actually, there are times when I'm like, I don't want to talk about the stroke. But then I get messages from angels and in my meditations that are like, be peaceful with it. It's okay. Oh, cool, cool. And, and you had a strong meditation practice before all this happened, and you yes. continue with that. Yes. I'm, I'm just curious, personally, is there a difference to the quality of your meditation before and after? 
um, the quality of my meditation before and after the stroke is the same. There are okay. days when it's really deep and amazing, mm-hmm. and there are days when it's like I cannot stop thoughts so, and I cut the okay. meditation and write down some notes and go back to the meditation. There are days uh, when I wake up and I'm like, I got to meditate. I don't want yeah. to. Gotta, <laughs> you know, I want to go eat or something. So to me, it hasn't changed at all. Uh, wonderful. Ooh, some more people on the Facebook Live. Uh, Swami Tirtha, welcome. Gary, hi. Vincent, Kevin. Awesome. And uh, yeah, Swami says hi. <laughs> hi, Valerie and Sam. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. <laughs> yes, that, that's Swami for you. Yes. Okay. Um, so, so okay, so let's get into the book. So, so what are the four principles? So they are the four-step happy-to-me-me process. Step one, wake up to the truth of who you are. You are way more than you probably have been taught, way more than you think you are. And in fact, it's not a mental process anyway. So get beyond the human self and go to a different level. Number Step two, shake up and release everything that is not in alignment with step one. So when you know the truth of who you are, if you're doing stuff, being stuff, saying things that aren't in alignment, you got to change that because you're out of integrity with yourself. Step three is make up a new story of you in your life. So if your life is really revolving around who you're being, not just who you're what you're thinking, Mm -hmm. but who you're actually being, Mm. then you have to be different if you want your life to be different. Right, Right. And step four is take up the reins and go live it. And that is, what are the practices I need to keep going on and who are the people I need to have in my life in Mm. order for me to keep unfolding into this new experience of Mm. me? Mm. Now, these principles were were something you taught before the book came out, yes? Yes. All right. And, and, And what kind of response had you gotten before the book when you were doing your workshops and coaching people and working with people? What, what, what kind of response did they get to this? The response was what made me, like, gave me added comfort that the book was necessary. Uh, that people were telling me, I haven't had it all come together this way. Uh, so they might say, you know, I've heard some of this before. Like in the step yeah. two where I talk about forgiveness and I mm-hmm. give forgiveness practices. And people have heard that they're more than just their human selves. Right. But there was a dynamic in the book that helped it all come together. So right. it got a lot of... Um, uh, the the principles and practices have always gotten a lot of uh, really deep connection. People mm. say to me, it's really deep and it's what I was looking for and it's really helped me go higher. I always talk about higher, you go deeper so you can go higher. Ah, okay. Yeah, like a tree, right? The tree's roots, roots. grow deeper so the tree can grow higher. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to unpack those four principles and kind of touch upon each of them. And of course, if anyone out there has questions or comments, please continue to post on the Facebook live stream in the comments section or feel free to call in 877-480-4120. Our guest this hour is Valerie Renee Shepard, author of the book, Living Happy to Be Me, Dancing Your Soul Light Style. And we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. 
Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, a special edition, Awakening Humanity, with my guest, Valerie Shepard, author of the book, Living Happy to Be Me, Dancing Your Soul Light Style. Okay, I want to ask you about the subtext. Dancing Your Soul Light Style. What does that mean? Yes, yes. So the to me, the, the depth of this work is about releasing yourself from heavy ideas of who you are, heavy ideas of how the world works, heavy ideas mm. of struggle, strive, prove, work hard. Like I got to work so hard. Yeah. No, like when we release ourselves from those, which th- they're not the truth of the universe. They're right. the way a lot of people believe. And we look, it looks like that's the truth. Right. Um, it's can heavy. It feels heavy. I mean, right. the lifestyle right. is all about when you know, who you are, you can transcend and kind of sail above, as my grandmother used to say, stay above the fray. Uh, so you can stay above all this gnashing of teeth and hatred, anger, yeah, uh, frustration yeah. below. And so the lifestyle is releasing yourself from the heaviness in your mm, life. And it's different for everybody. Right. right you know, releasing right. yourself from that stuff, then you are able to be more fluid and to, um, Lighten up and let go, right. or lighten up from letting go. Right, right. So I want to get back to the four points, but I have another question for you. So you had a, sounds like you had a fairly spiritual background for a while. Like, where did that come from? Did that come from your family? Did that come from sort of your own life path? Where did your, your, your sense of spirit in your life come from? My sense of spirit in my life is really related, I think, to my life path. Okay. Uh, at age 13, my grandmother gave me my first copy of a little book called The Daily Word, uh. which is produced by um, Unity, of mm-hmm. uh, the International Unity. Uh, they have a prayer group, a prayer uh, ministry and mm-hmm. churches all over. Mm-hmm. And it was um, a really powerful tool for me. And at, in my adolescence, I sort of got sick of organized religion. Mm. I don't say it's wrong or bad for other people, but for me, it was problematic for a number of different reasons. Mm -hmm. But the spiritual aspects of believing in a higher power, Mm. believing that I am held somehow, Mm. um, believing that I am supported. And when I say higher power, I don't think of the deity as a you know, anthropomorphized human kind of person with a long beard. I don't have that relationship (laughs) with the divine, Uh, but still feeling like there's more to my life than what I might be able to see and describe and understand with my five senses and my intellect. Like there's more going on. And, Mm. and throughout my life, I used to say that I was living a charmed life Mm. and never really knowing what I was saying when I was saying that, but believing Mm. that there was a a force laying out little yellow brick road path for me. And all I had to do is keep stepping on the right path, like keep stay on the path. And I would say a prayer, you know, that I'm stepping on the path that you would have me follow. Grant me your peace. And I would just keep doing that. Now, that doesn't mean my life was all rosy. There mm-hmm. were all kinds of sure. things that sure. weren't a part of a perfect life. Right. Um, and I've never really felt like that's the promise. Mm. Um, I do believe the promise is you are happiness. You are yeah. peace. Yeah. You are love. Yeah. It's how do you remain connected to that and breathing that and flowing in that no matter what else is mm. showing up. You, you know, somebody told me about how they had gone down to Brazil to the Amazon and they went to some village of, of one of these relatively isolated tribes and stuff where they don't have electricity, they don't have running water. And he said, though, there is an incredible happiness within this mm-hmm. tribe, right? They don't have all the modern conveniences. They don't, you know, they, they, they don't have movies, they don't have all that stuff, but they were just happy. And to me, it's like when 
a group of people just living in nature like that are just happy, that to me shows that happiness is our natural state of being. And it's sort of, we lose touch with that the same way in modern civilization, we lose touch with nature. Yes, I agree. And in fact, why did I um, take up laughter yoga? Uh. Because laughter, and, and there have been studies about this, and there have been you know, some things that said that the way the data is, is um, shared is not exactly true. So uh. I won't get into the exact data, okay. but that adults laugh for, for a magnitude understanding. Let's mm-hmm. say young children laugh 300 times a day. Right, right. Adults may laugh 30. Right. So those aren't necessarily the numbers, but that's right. the magnitude right, of difference. Right, right, right. The quantum and, level difference. Yes. Yeah. And so you think about that. Why is it that we've lost touch with this aspect of ourselves that's always there? Yeah. Um, that could bring such lightness of being right. into our experience. Yeah. I remember the first time I met somebody who was a laughter yoga instructor. He's a very, this guy, Laraji, very, very cool character. Um, and he said something like that. It was like, you know, average adult laughs five times a day and children laugh, you know, uh, 300, 400, 500 times a day or whatever. And 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 I like thought about it. And And when you think about it, really, it's like, as adults, how many times do we actually laugh during the day? Like, how many times do we stop and we see something funny or we have a conversation and we laugh? It's not that often. Right. But, but when you see kids playing all day long, they're laughing all the time. You know, it, it, like you say, it's not that important what the numbers are. Just observe and look at the difference. And it's amazing. And I think for children... It, com- it like it just seems like it bubbles up and comes out of them. Like right. we adults seem to have an object. We have to have an object of yeah, laughter. It has yeah. to be a joke or a funny story or you know something funny. Then it triggers a laughter. But children right. seem to just be connected to that joy place yeah. <laughs> all the time. And the truth yeah. is, your inner child is still in there. Oh, well, they're absolutely. crying to be let out. And so and one that's of my favorite the truth pra- of who you are. Right? Yes, it's the truth of who you are. So one of my favorite practices practices is play and laughter and that Uh, even as a corporate executive i wanted more of that in my teams i think innovation comes out of that people who study play say so much happens in the space of really just let go and play yeah yeah and absolutely and they say like play is essential for children because that's how children learn and i kind of sometimes get a little concerned because i see so many parents who have their kids scheduled up the wazoo and they have you know they have to go to the the soccer and they got this class and that class and this extracurricular activity and that extracurricular activity and they got all this homework and i'm like when do the kids have just time to play and i and it really concerns me that children today do not have the time to play um, that a lot of people did when when we were younger. Yes, and this this thing about uh, conf- kind of confusing organized sports or organized activities as a form of play, I'm not so sure I buy into that because the organized nature of these things, having been an athlete for most of my life and a cheerleader and all these different things, the organized nature brings an added level of pressure, stress, mm. um, belief that you have to do it a certain way or do it at a certain level for it to be good enough. It, it kind of is great in a lot of senses, but when it comes down to the pure joy available in play, I'm not so sure that's happening all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my phone because I see Swami uh, posted a comment and I'm having a little bit of trouble uh, connected to my video, but he said that the Amazon tribe he visited uh, when when he went down to the jungle that that every morning they woke up and laughed for ten minutes. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. So true. Hallelujah and amen to that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so the truth of who you are. If we were to distill it down, and we don't have a lot of time, and I want to try and get through each of these a bit more, the truth of who we are. What is the truth of who we are? And is it the same for everybody? Yes. Okay. We are one in that, right? So mm-hmm. we are all fragments of this one master um, entity, organization, essence. In my book, the ME, 
in Living Happy to Be Me stands for Magnificent Essence. Ooh, so, Magnificent Essence. Oh, that's yes, why the that's me is why capitalized. It's capitalized. Ah. So it, people sometimes think it's like egoic. But mm-hmm. I actually talk in the book about my journey from the egoic me, the lowercase me, mm-hmm. to the spiritually enhanced me, which is mm-hmm. the Magnificent Essence. So the, the heart and soul of that is that we are all breath, fragment of the divine. I believe that's what's meant when the Bible or other... Um, religious texts call us image and likeness Hmm. that we are more than our human bodies that our bodies are just a vessel an earth suit a traveling um container for the soul that we are for that magnificence that we are that needs to live in this this dimension um so the essence of us is pure love it's unconditional love not romantic love pure unconditional love it's the center of peace it's total joy no wow okay wonderful wonderful okay and shake up and release what are we shaking up and what are we releasing we are releasing and shaking up the stuff that has gotten over top like a barnacle covers the bottom of a boat right Right. Mm -hmm. so when you scrape the barnacles off the boat is still there and it may be beautiful right right? so this is already still in you but the barnacles so the the Um, example of a barnacle in us is the conditioned patterns of response that we have, the Mm. conditioned patterns of thinking about ourselves. Mm. I'm not good enough. And some of these may be subconscious. We may have been... Oh, yeah. A lot of it, probably. Yeah. So things happen when we're younger and we take away these ideas about ourselves. We Mm. take away... The situation happens and somehow how we dealt with the situation tells us something about ourselves. Mm. And so we build our lives on these ideas that are subconscious, Mm. um, but they're not the real us. And when Mm. we are able to see it, like, Oh my gosh, I thought I really liked this, but the reason I really like this is because I believed I had to because of Mm -hmm. the situation. Mm -hmm. So it's actually negative patterns of conditioning that we are continuing to play out most of the time subconsciously. So if you look at any of your knee jerk reactions, Mm. they're probably coming from a place that you have lost control, lost touch with noticing what's going on and then consciously choosing how you're going to respond to it and you just go into reaction i'm just reacting right right right. something happens i react right i i think of it in terms of like we're all these bright shining diamonds within Mm. ourselves and there's all this mud caked on it and as we kind of clear off the mud then that diamond begins to shine brightly again and that's the, the the essence of who we are and and also what you said uh i just um, I'm going to have an opportunity to meet Lynn Twist in, oh. in a couple of weeks. And I was just watching her video the other night and she was talking about living a different dream, like dreaming a different dream. And that it's because the the dream, the mass dream right now in, in Western civilization is so about consumerism and, and everything else that that's why so many things are going crazy in our environment. And we have to change that dream and that as we change that dream, it changes sort of these how we show up. Like, what is the dream for us in our life? And how are we showing up in life in this new dream? Exactly. And the new dream that I'm calling people into is an individual dream that then creates a collective consciousness, a reverb yeah. throughout the world. So a lot of people, and I, I, my favorite group to work with right now is college students. Uh-huh, and okay. so a lot of them grow up believing they're on the planet to give. Mm-hmm. And I very quickly help them understand giving is really awesome. And yeah. you have to be the recipient of your giving first. Yeah. So you have to give yourself happiness. You have to give yourself love. You yeah. have to give yourself joy. You have to say, you have to acknowledge yourself. Yeah. You have to yeah. trust yourself. Yeah. Then when you're filled up, you're in a better place to, Absolutely. to help others dream the dream that is going to help change yeah. their world. Great. Great. Okay. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last break of the show. But we still got two more, two more, two more uh, steps to get through. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, a special broadcast. And we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Welcome back to a special edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity with my guest, Valerie Shepard, author of the book, Living Happy to Be Me, capital Me, for Magnificent Essence. Essence. Yes. Okay. So we got through the first two. Third step, make a new story. Yes. This one really appeals to me because I know like how we feel about ourselves is all about the stories we make up about what goes on in our lives. Yes, yes. And we tell those stories over and 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 over. And they just anchor us in sometimes, and many times, things we don't want. And so there are two aspects really important to telling the new story. One is make yourself the star and the writer and the producer and the director. Like your life is supposed to be about you Mm -hmm. in your life. It can have other people, but so many people are building their lives on the other people that they're kind of an extra. And they don't want to be an extra. So that's the first thing. Make yourself the star, the centerpiece of your story of your life. And then the second piece is to like really, really get into it. Like make Mm. it, make it magnificent. Make it an epic story, not Mm. a little story. So how can it be bigger, bolder? Like you said, dream a new dream, but dream fanciful, dream in color, have sparklies, you know, (laughs) like really get into it. Yeah, make it juicy, make it sexy. and delicious, juicy, delicious, delicious, sexy, fun, out of this world, adventure filled, laughter filled, like make it magnificent, like the essence that you are. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's all made up anyway, right? So why not make up something that really, like, lights you up? Yes, and when you know that your life is bound by the universe, right? The Mm -hmm. laws of the universe are operating operating 24-7, 365. Whether you like it or not, know it or not, understand it or not, just like gravity works for you, so does law of attraction, law of reflection, law of gratitude, law of resistance. So when you're making this story, make it something that you you want the universe to reflect back at you. So that's where the magnificence comes. I anchor in my magnificence here. It's got to show up out there. I I always like to add when I come up with something, this or something better. Yes. Because I often like to say sometimes the universe has a much better imagination than I do. Yes, yes. And we don't necessarily know how it's going to be different. Absolutely. And so if we're open to like, yeah, I think I want this kind of car, but we're open to the magnificence of the car showing up in this kind of car. Awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Like it's the, the... What, not the how, is what's important, right? It's when we limit the how things come to us, we make it very tough for the universe to bring us our our dreams. But when we just say, you know, I just want like more happiness, more joy in my life, it can show up many different ways. Right. Like a catastrophic hemorrhagic stroke. (laughs) 
<laughs> you never know. That's you right. Know. There's a lot of joy in my life that wasn't there before the stroke. Oh. So you don't know. You don't always know the form it's going to come. And some of the forms you might go, "What on earth would I need that for?" Yeah. But if you really open yourself, not but and if you really open yourself to see all the beauty inside this situation that you're like, "Why would I want this?" Yeah. You might say, "Wow, I wish I'd gotten that earlier." Yeah. Sooner. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And step four. Step four. Go live it. Go live it. So this is the embodiment step. So this uh-huh. is the the what I teach in this book is not a read the book once and you're done. It's mm-hmm. a life lifestyle, meaning mm-hmm. you put it on forever and ever and ever. You keep practicing mm-hmm. it. I've got lots of people who write me notes and say, Your book's on my bedside table because I pick it up and uh-huh. remind my things about it remind myself things that are in it over and over and over so taking up the reins is what's a practice that Mm -hmm. anchors me in where i'm going instead of Mm -hmm. where i've been that Mm -hmm. turns this into an embodied expression of the highest version of myself Mm -hmm. so that i can live that in Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful and you know it's not necessarily going to be easy right away to go live it it's like you said a practice which means we have to practice living it and you might be practicing for the rest of your life in different ways so people sometimes say to me i feel like i've already dealt with this why is it coming up again and it's that back to that higher deeper principle you may have peeled off the first layer of the hurt or the wound or the Mm -hmm. anguish Mm -hmm. and the universe is saying there's more for you here would you like to go deeper so that you can go higher and in that case um, the, the sooner we can get out of resistance to it and say, okay, this has come to teach me something for mm. me, about me, from me, for me, to me, and go for it, yeah, the better yeah. off we are. Yeah, I still, I love that. I can't get over that phrase again, go deeper so we can go higher because it's so embodies like this life's work of getting to know ourselves and the deeper and deeper we peel back the onion layers of like all these experiences and programs and even sometimes generational things that we're carrying in our DNA that we're not necessarily conscious of that as we become more conscious and more conscious and we unpeel it and unpack it, we can really go so, so deep and that depth really helps take us to new heights. Yes. And Sam, I really do. This this idea of deep, we hear people say, you know, it's not that deep beyond the surface. A lot of times people stay on the surface of their uh, lives and then they wonder why things aren't changing because yeah. you haven't gotten down. I call it with my students, the iceberg, like the mm. ask, the part of the iceberg that sunk the Titanic wasn't what they could see. see right. It was what was hidden very, very deep, deep. in the water, right. several layers below the hull, the, right. the surface of that ship Mm -hmm. and so it's the same with us sometimes we have to go way deep and i have students say this all the time wow i had no idea that was in there but the gratitude of knowing like there's nothing worse than going through your life and seeing things happening and not realizing they're coming from me Mm -hmm. like i'm setting up the reverb that is bringing Mm -hmm. that into my life and then how to fix it how to change me so that my life reflects the change that I'm making. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So you teach this class called Living 101 in College. I always wish I had a class called Living 101 in College. Yes. Uh, Are you still teaching that? I am, and it's expanding. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Do tell. uh, I'm in a partnership with the University of California, Irvine, a fantastic top 10 school in the United States. Yes. And I teach Living 101, Being Happy and Whole. I've been teaching it since actually before the stroke. Ah. And um, it's just taking off. So uh, the students I teach under, it started with just undergrads, and now mm-hmm. we have undergrads and grad students. Oh, wow, wonderful. And um, it started with 101. We now have added a 102, which is uh-huh. called Happy and Whole Practicum. Mm-hmm. And we really focus on practice, practice, embodiment, embodiment. Mm-hmm. We are planning um, an event called the Wholeness Palooza uh-huh. uh, as, a, as a weekend immersion sort of fun Very event. Cool. And then I also have submitted a pretty big grant to the University of California Office of the President to create a life mastery certificate program that can be expanded in a digital format across the nine campuses of the University of California. Oh, wow. And then the last thing that we have coming right now is in the fall. I'm so excited. (laughs) We are opening 
It's called the Life Scholars House, which is a freshman residence hall. It'll have 55 students, Mm. and they'll spend a year with my two classes and then other things that we'll arrange in the house to go into this study of self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-love, and the other life mastery concepts Mm. that I teach in the book and elsewhere. Wow. Oh, my God. Beautiful. So you really do dream big, don't you? Yes. Yes. Yay. Yes. I say world domination. And people tell yes. me, world domination? That doesn't sound so nice. And I say, well, <laughs> if you're going to dominate the world with love, peace, joy, and freedom, honey, bring it on. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Yes. Let's dominate the world with love, peace, and joy. Sounds great to me. And the students, they're eating this up. They're, they they're are. It. They open to it. Yes. And I get some amazing like literally it's it's hard for me to understand still but like in the third week of class i will get some amazing testimonials wow i've had students come tell me i've been on antidepressants since i was a ninth grader and now i'm talking to my doctor about whether i can get off them or not wow Um, i've had students tell me i've been depressed i've been dealing with situations that i can't figure out and now i get it and the, Mm. the most important and powerful thing for them is seeing how much Uh, I don't want to say control, but how much superiority they have in their lives to get above the circumstances that they think are coming from outside them that are holding them down. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm so sorry. It's the end of the show. I wish I could have you here for another couple of hours. I think we could keep going forever. Um, Living Happy to Be Me, where can people find it? So here's some really exciting news. Um, the Kindle version of the book mm-hmm. launches tomorrow. Ah, awesome. And you can go to getbook.at mm-hmm. forward slash living HTBM, living happy, happy to, to be, be me. me. HTBM. Getbook at, getbook.at living HTBM. For the Kindle version, it's $1.99 tomorrow, and then it goes up to $4.99 after that. Wonderful, wonderful. And it's available, the book itself is available yes, on Amazon? Yes, the hard copy is on Amazon, it's on Barnes & Noble, it's available at my website, happytobeme.net. Uh-huh. And if people, and is that where people should go to find you? Yes, yes. There's a contact us uh, link that you can... Get in touch with me through the website. Wonderful. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for coming into the studio today while you were here. Congratulations again on your medal and all the awards that you're getting for the book. Yes. I'm so happy for you and I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Sam. I love being here with you and many blessings to your audience and your team. Yes. And thank you all for tuning in. Jonathan, I see you just tuned in. You missed the show. You got to go back and watch the replay. But thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for all the great comments. Love you guys all. And next week, tune in. I got another wonderful guest on my show at my normal time, which is 12 noon to 1 p.m. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mom, for coming in studio, too. We'll talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, this is Bruce Chamloff, host of the Web Design and Technology Coach. Join me and my guests every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. as we discuss the latest in web design, social media marketing, search engine optimization, and technology. We also discuss popular topics including WordPress, making money online, better Google rankings, and more. Every month, we also feature the best unsigned music from around the world right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. 
Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.